Good evening. Hope everybody's doing well today on this fabulous and wonderful wet and cold and nasty old Wednesday. <laughs> it has been it's been chilly out there today. So hope everybody's doing well. I know some places are getting snow and uh wish we could get a good snow. Well, I, I know I don't want uh roads bad or anybody having a hard time uh, getting to their destinations. I remember when I was uh, when I was doing my doctoral studies in Indiana, uh, I had to fly uh, there a couple times uh, a year, and uh, we was at uh, Tri-City Airport, and uh, getting ready to take off, we are going nowhere, the plane had, uh, uh, there was, uh, there was uh, ice and snow out there, and they do all this de-icing, and I was, I never got nervous flying, but uh, that was one time I was praying, so I thought, I don't want to get up in the air, and, and all of a sudden, uh, oh, whoops, the flight don't work. Uh, this got ice on it, so <laughs> that made me a little nervous. But uh, good evening there, darling. But, um, uh, yeah, I do. I mean, I, hate, I know it sounds like a contradiction of terms. I, I hate cold, but I love snow. I know that sounds really weird. That's one thing I did love about Indiana, though. Of course, there's a lot of things I love about Indiana. I loved, loved it up there at Winona Lake, but it was... Um, uh, the, uh, the snow, uh, there at the lake, it was beautiful. It was really nice up there. Uh, if you have your Bibles handy, turn to second Timothy chapter three, verse 16, second Timothy, second Timothy three, uh, verse 16. Mr. Feather says that the rivers family to prayer list laid their mother to rest. I'm sorry to hear that Mr. Feathers and we will most definitely, uh, be praying, sir. Second uh, Timothy three verse sixteen says, "All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work." And of course, remember that uh, I am uh, um, uh, reading from the English Standard Version, uh, so uh, um, that's what I'm doing there. Hold on one second. I'm sorry. Uh, we've got, I've got a, uh, somebody trying to watch said they can't find me. So I don't know, uh, uh, how they're not finding me, but, uh, well, you got to face this pretty. I don't see how you can't, but, uh, <laughs> let me hold on. Let me send this to them real quick here. They're, they're, they keep messaging me wanting to know where I'm at here. Uh, there we go. Hopefully that'll find them there. Okay. Now, uh, I'm sorry for that little, uh, hiccup there. Now, um, let me know if you're able to hear okay. Um, reason why I, I normally use uh, this program to go to Facebook. The reason why I use that program is just like tonight I, when I'm reading the scripture, I can bring that up and I can use slides and, and, and have the uh, ability to do things I wouldn't normally do uh, just using straight through Facebook. But I've been getting a lot of people complaining that um, uh, there's a clicking noise. So I don't know, uh, let me know if you're still hearing that clicking noise or not. I don't know if it's the program I'm using. It's my iPad, the um, uh, internet. I mean, I don't know. I keep figuring out what it is. So if you're still hearing that clicking noise, let me know. If you're not, let me know. And uh, that way I can uh, uh, see what's going on. So Fran says she can hear, 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 hear you good. So good deal. All right, uh, prayer requests, we have Wendy Lee, Kim Penix, Jane Kitchings, Murph, Martin Ledford, Johnny and Nora, Morris and Carolyn, Larry and Dinah, Larky and Nancy, Chuck and PK, uh, I'm sorry, I apologize, uh, Chuck sadly has, has uh, uh, went home 
to be with the Lord. I, I am used to reading uh, this prayer request, but we're going to sincerely miss Chuck. He was a good man. Uh, I really thought highly of him. Uh, in fact, I posted my interview uh, with him yesterday and uh, uh, truly uh, uh, give my condolences. I really do. He was a He's a good man, Vietnam vet, and uh, he will truly be missed. Uh, Linda and Ralph, uh, Jackie and Rhonda, Ron Thompson, uh, David Stennett, Kathy Young, Kirk Young, Donnie, Cut Donnie Cutshaw, Tracy Kent, Pat Brown, Preston Kellner, Jamie Arnold, Amanda Vanover, Chris Pascal, Aaron Chesser. So we got those, and I thought I saw... Let's see here. Thank you, guys. Several of you said there was no clicking. I appreciate you telling me that. That tells me there's something with that program. Uh, so, oh, yeah. Fran had uh, Eddie Green. Uh, yeah, definitely pray for him. And I am Martin Ledford. Uh, thank you, Fran. I did see where he posted that he's back home now, and we are. We need to, do, to continue to pray for him. And I think that's all that, uh, let's see. Uh, okay. All right, that's the only thing as I see. All right, um, if you do have any prayer concerns after this point, go ahead and put them on here. Hey, we can all come together and pray together over any and all concerns. So let's go ahead and uh, uh, have a word of prayer. Dear Father, Lord, we thank you. We love you. We praise you. Uh, Lord, thank you so much for this uh, wonderful day. Thank you for this blessed day. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. Lord, uh, we come before you tonight. Uh, with heavy heart, uh, we're going to miss our brother in Christ, uh, Mr. Chuck Richardson. And Lord, I just pray that uh, uh, you'll be with his family and uh, uh, his passing. But uh, Lord, we know it's only temporary. And Lord, uh, we know that uh, just let him know that he's, he's loved and missed. And Lord, I do pray that uh, you'll be with Eddie Green. And uh, Lord, I pray that you'll guide the doctors and uh, they'll find out what's going on and bring him to full and complete health. Lord, thank you for being letting Mr. Martin Ledford uh, being back home, but I do continue prayers and healing for him and uh, comfort. Uh, Lord, I do pray that you be with uh, the Feathers family and uh, their loss. Uh, Lord, bring them peace during this difficult time. Uh, Lord, I do pray that you be with the prayer concerns that we read off. I do pray that you be with Wendy Lee and Kim Penix. Lord, I pray to be Ginger Hood. She'll get a good uh, result back on her test. Lord, I pray you be with our brother in Christ, Mr. Ron Thompson. Lord, you know that we love and appreciate him. I pray you bring healing upon him. Uh, Lord, I pray that uh, you be with Larry and Donna Knight, and I pray that you be with Jane Kitchings. And uh, Lord, I pray you be with uh, all those that we have mentioned this evening. Be with those that have been mentioned and not mentioned. You know the hearts and minds of each and every person uh, watching and listening. And Lord, that your will be done in each and every situation. Lord, we thank you, we love you, and we praise you. In Jesus' name I pray. All right. Uh, appreciate you guys and gals watching. Uh, Mr. Trailer says clicking noise is only if you join online, but not on Facebook. Are you saying it through the website? I'm not sure if I understand. I don't know uh, if I understand what you're saying there, Mr. Trailer. But either way, we'll figure it out. But uh, thank you, though. Excuse me. Um, all right. Announcement wise. All right. Listen up, you guys and gals out there. Uh, here's some th here's what's going to happen. Tomorrow, the 17th, 
at 5 p.m. I have contacted Mr. and Mrs. Claus and they're going to come to my home and uh, sit in front of my Christmas tree. And I know that it uh, uh, it has uh, been hard for a lot of kids to get to see Santa and uh, sit on his lap and, uh, uh, and, and what's going on there. But uh, uh, I even saw, it's kind of sad when I was at the mall and I saw Santa Claus and there was a, a clear shield and uh uh oh thank you mr ferris said it's on the website not the facebook okay well huh that's really gotten bum fuzzled in i don't know i'll have to figure it out uh but anyway uh thank you guys for telling me and then it had like the bitch beside of santa claus they couldn't even get near him and i thought hey that's 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 sad i mean i understand why but i understand but uh so i thought it would be fun to have santa claus uh come virtually and that way he, you could talk to him live and uh, whether it's you adults or kids alike, and you can see him live and uh, tell him what you want for Christmas. And uh, and I thought it'd be something fun we uh, that we could do. Uh, so um, be sure to tune in at five o'clock for that. And then uh, after that, if you're if you're on uh, out in Gray and just happen to be on Shadden Road, uh, you will see Mr. and Mrs. Claus outside. Uh, they may stay for a little while and wave at a few cars as they're passing by. So be sure and drive by and uh, check that out. Uh, I'm guessing uh, probably 5.30 latest, uh, maybe a little bit before then when Santa Claus will be out there. I'd say if we start at 5, uh, just depending on the response we get, I, I don't see it lasting more than 15 to 30 minutes. But uh, uh, yeah, I'm surprised they let Santa come out this year too, Robert. But uh, so we're going to let him come in and do that. And then now that's tomorrow, so be sure to check that out. Uh, now, Sunday morning, we will not have physical church Sunday morning. However, because uh, we have uh, recorded a, uh, a Christmas presentation with WJHL, and it will be airing at 11.30 a.m. on WJHL. It, uh, I watched the proof today. It is, it is uh, really excited. It, it looks fantastic, and you definitely don't want to miss it. And so if for those... Who may have Dish Network? I know there's uh, can't watch the local uh, news stations, and and there's a, a big to do with that right now. After it airs, I will upload it to uh, social media, and you can watch it then. But uh, so be sure to check that out. Remember, no church service. So be sure and let everybody know that if you particularly if you've got friends or family who don't do Facebook, uh, be sure try to help help us get the word out. Let everybody know we will not be having church Sunday morning. Sunday evening, uh, we'll have our 6 o'clock service. Uh, we'll have a very special presentation by Dr. Vic Young, who's going to be reading his uh, children's story he wrote, a uh, very special Christmas story, so be sure and uh, check that out. Now, next Wednesday, a week from today, uh, we will have physical church, all right, 118 Julie Lane, 7 p.m. We're going to have a very special Christmas service. And we're going to have our uh, our FLBC praise team. I'll tell you what, guys, we have some of the most talented musicians, probably uh, really in the country. I mean, we we've got people that have been offered record deals. I mean, you know, we have some very very talented uh, individuals, and uh, they're going to be bringing some beautiful Christmas melodies. 
And uh, you don't want to miss this. So remember, physical, we'll physically be at the church a week from today, starting at 7 p.m. for a very special Christmas presentation. So be sure to come on out, invite your friends, neighbors, enemies, and, uh, and join us. Uh, you don't want to miss it, and we'll have a great time with the Lord. And uh, what, a, what a way to uh, kick off the, uh, the Christmas uh, celebration. So be sure to check that out. So, uh, All right, as, as far as I know, uh, that is all the uh, announcements. I know it's uh, a little bit to take in, but uh, I did post uh, uh, announcements. And so if you forget, you can always go back and, and check that out. So again, I apologize on uh, on the website uh, why it's clicking. And it seems to only do that from here to house. So I, can, I don't know uh, if it's the camera I'm using, possibly. I don't know. I bought a new camera. Uh... By the time the pandemic started, I bought a new camera, so maybe it's uh, the camera. So I may have to try to buy another camera or something to see if that will we'll fix it. If, that, if it still does it after that, then I just don't know. I really don't. So I apologize. I'm sorry. I got to have a sip of coffee there. So, uh, yes, Robert, next uh, Friday is Christmas. Yes, sir, that's true. Uh, <laughs> So, uh, so I don't know if I, if I said something that was confusing or not, but, uh, no, we're having a, a Christmas, a special Christmas presentation next Wednesday, a week from today. I'm not saying it's Christmas. Uh, we're doing a Christmas, uh, uh, service, uh, next Wednesday, a week from today. And then, uh, of course, next Thursday, a week from tomorrow's Christmas Eve, and then Friday's Christmas Day. So, uh, so if I said anything, uh, confusing, I apologize, but hopefully I, cleared that up all right then so let's uh, go ahead and flip over here in our study in first peter so let's look at first uh, peter chapter one and we're going to look at verses 10 through 12 and i tell you what you know last uh, when we first we last um met uh you know we was talking about philippians and uh for whatever reason philippians 1 6 was on my mind so strong uh, last Saturday, uh, Lord just really laid in my heart to do a, a study on that, and uh, I thought it was, a, I enjoyed it, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I hate I ran out of time, uh, there was more that I wanted to elaborate on, but uh, one thing I was talking about is how, how it was so rich uh, and so full of, of information, it, just, it, it blows my mind how just one verse can be packed with so much information, and I was talking about how you can use a concordance and talk about the day of the Lord and and uh, and how it leads to so many different verses uh, to back that up. So uh, uh, you know it is uh, it's it's beautiful and wonderful and, and how we can learn so much out of God's word. Well, this is, these verses here are very much like that. They are very rich and uh, it goes back to uh, eating that meat, uh, if you will. You know, uh, for those uh, and it, it, it really. Uh, it hits on areas that no matter where you're at in your walk with Christ, this is this is these verses that we can draw from uh, to really uh, to to glean and to learn from uh, in a major way. And uh, and it's just it's so fascinating how God's word uh, is so relevant today and how it applies to our life and how it can uh, influence our spiritual walk in such a mighty way. And these verses are just. Uh, are packed with those kind of things. So let's look, go ahead and dive into this. Let's look at that. And again, like I said, I'm reading from English Standard Version. And uh, verse uh, chapter 1, verse 10 of First Peter, in case you're just tuning in. 
concerning the salvation, the prophets who prophesied uh, about the grace that was to be yours searched and inquired carefully, inquiring what person or time the Spirit of Christ in them was indicating when he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the subsequent glories. It was revealed to them that they were serving not themselves but you in the things that have now been announced to you through those who preached the good news to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven things into which angels long to look. Man, a lot going on here, man. So let's go ahead and have another uh, quick word of prayer. Uh, Therefore, Lord, again, we just come before you and praise your holy name. Lord, just pray that uh, you'll fill this office with your spirit, uh, that uh, every home that is watching, uh, that you will, your spirit will be felt. Uh, Lord, guide us in this study. Lead us, direct us, help us to learn, help us to glean, help us to understand uh, the things of you, Lord Jesus. And uh, Lord, let us we read your word to uh, to apply it to our lives, to to, to be in perpetual growth spiritually. And Lord, let us use it to serve you and glorify you in a mighty way. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. You know, right now, one thing that we, uh, with it being Christmas time, you hear is uh, it's a season of joy and giving, and, uh, and it is those things. You know, that's one thing I love about Christmas is just that, uh, that feeling that, that, the, that what is in the air uh, the, uh, uh, it's just, what, what, I don't know, maybe it's, it's feelings of when you were a kid, uh, the, 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 the gift giving, uh, being with family. I mean, it's just the, the whole atmosphere, uh, is something that I, that, that I enjoy. I look forward to, I hate to see it in, you know, it's like that, that, that build up, and then it's just like it's over as fast as it starts, and uh, I hate that, you know, I really, really enjoy it, wish it could last a lot longer, and, uh, but sadly, it, uh, it doesn't, and uh, uh, I just like how people are little more friendlier depending on where you're at if you're at walmart well forget it no matter what time of the year it is <laughs> so it is uh be lucky if anybody smiles at you there uh but at the same time you know it can uh, it can be a tough time for a lot of people you know holidays are very difficult it brings up a lot of memories of those that they have lost um it is uh particularly those having a first christmas or a first birthday or uh, whatever it may be uh, when they first lose a loved one it makes it very very difficult for them and uh, we need to pray for those individuals. A lot of lonely people at Christmas time, and I, uh, I hate, uh, I hate that. You know, it's, it's you know, suicide rates are high. You know, there's that flip side of it too that we need to recognize, and understand. And the reason why I bring that up is because we need to pray for these individuals. You know, a lot of elderly people don't have anybody, and you know, let's pray uh, for these people who are hurting uh, during this time of year. But. One thing that we do talk about, though, is uh, is joy. What brings you joy? Now, you know, uh, depending on the individual, the answer could be, you know, what brings you joy? Well, it could be uh, your hobbies. It could be uh, your work. It could be your significant other. You know, if you talk to somebody that's uh, new in a relationship, you know, well, I find joy in, in so-and-so. They're so, they just make me so happy. <laughs> You know, you, you always see that that puppy love, you know, that uh, some of these people are in, and uh, uh, they think that's what brings them joy. 
And some people find, think they find joy in the material, you know, uh, they, you know, depending on who you ask, uh, the answer may be different, uh, in response to what they may find joy in. But for the Christian, what we should be saying is what do we find joy in? We should find joy in our relationship with Jesus Christ. That's where we should find joy, joy in our salvation. Joy in what Jesus Christ has done for us. That is, for the Christian, that should be the proper answer, is finding joy in the things of the Lord. And, uh, you know, sadly, that may not always be the first thought in a lot of people's minds. And, uh, you know, it is, um, you know, it, it's sad. You know, that's one thing I was talking about, uh, uh, I guess, a couple weeks back, that, you know, I want to, to find a way to get people excited about the things of the Lord. I want people to, to be on fire for the for Jesus. I want people to be excited. But you know, when it comes to, to finding joy in salvation, finding joy uh, in the relationship with Christ, it's like, yeah, I'm saved and, and it's almost like a side product. It's not like it's like, well yeah, that's I done what I was supposed to do. And it's like, you know, they've moved on to something else kind of situation. And that's sad. It's sad that people have have found, uh, they'll, they'll find their salvation, their walk with the Lord uh, as joyful uh, or uh, as they should, as exciting as they should. Uh, this world has literally zero, has literally nothing uh, to offer, uh, but yet that's where everybody wants to look for their joy in. You know, don't, don't confuse joy with happiness. Happiness can be fleeting, but joy is long-lasting. You can have joy in the midst of trials. Uh, and uh, because you know where your hope is at, you know uh, where your strength lies, and that is in Jesus Christ. And so, you know, uh, we need to, um, if you are responding, you know, if, if asked, uh, you know, where, where are you finding your joy at, and you're thinking of everything and anything but your relationship with Jesus Christ, maybe you need to take that spiritual pulse, so to, so to speak. Maybe you need to take a better look at yourself in the mirror, find out where you're priorities are at are you truly putting jesus christ first or are you only uh concerned with the, the affairs of this world you know it's one thing we we're talking about uh this past sunday evening in regards to the day of the lord and talking about the rapture and talking about you know uh getting our the proper perspective uh of where our relationship is at because jesus christ is going to rapture us out if 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 we live long enough. You know, Jesus may come today, tomorrow. I mean, I, I really feel like we're definitely living in the last days without a, without a shadow of a doubt. Uh, there may be some more things that may have to be fulfilled uh, before Christ raptures us out of here. But the fact remains, rapture or not, we're going to stand before Christ one way or the other. And if your concentration and concerns are only on this world and not on Christ, you're going to be in trouble. And, and that's that's the point here is that people need to get excited about the things of God. Be excited about Jesus. You know, you look at a lot of people in the church and they look miserable. I mean, they look like they're at a funeral. I understand, you know, not everybody can be excited and 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 happy, happy, happy all the time. You're dealing with problems, you're dealing with circumstances, you're dealing with things personally in your life and that's, that's you know that can't be helped you're dealing with with maybe uh, you, you you or someone you know has been uh, given a grim diagnosis you're worried about that individual 
Maybe you're dealing, struggling financially. Maybe you're lost your job. You know, there's there are things that are on people's minds, and it's, so it's, a lot of times it's going to show physically, you know, and, and that's understandable. But we have to understand that Jesus Christ is in control of all things and all situations. And and worrying, you know, I was going back to what I was talking about here uh, before in Matthew uh, six twenty five is not to worry. All right, there's, it's not going to add a second to your day. And all that you can do is give it to the Lord. Give it all over to Jesus Christ because you worrying, it, which is an act of you saying you don't trust God to take care of the problem. Let's just get down to the nitty gritty. You don't trust God to get down to the uh, to take care of the problem. So you're trying to think of a way to resolve it yourself. And so therefore, that's why you're. it's an act of control. And that's why you, you're tore all to pieces and wondering what you're going to do when you just need to give it over to the Lord and let it go. You know, I know it sounds a little cliche, let go and let God, but there, there is truth in that. There's a lot of people carry out burdens when all they have to do is give it over to the Lord and let it go. And But it's it's very, you know, in, in the, the, I know it sounds almost uh, sadist, uh, uh, sick to a certain extent, but some people find comfort in their problems. You know, that, that that's where they have learned to, to find solace sometimes in, in, in their in their problems. And so they don't want to give it over to God, you know. And I know it sounds crazy, but it, there is truth in that. But we need to let it go and give it over to the Lord and let our joy be full. And then that's one reason why we see so many people who are saved, who are showing a countenance that doesn't appear to be someone who has given their life completely over to the Lord. And it is so sad when here God has given you the keys to your freedom and you can allow your joy to be full. You know, when I say that uh, to let your joy uh, be full, it was, um, uh, I had this, this stupid notion, okay, that um, if I allowed myself to be happy, if I allowed myself to be joyful, that bad things would happen. As if, as if what I thought or did had such ramifications of the things of the world. Now, how how self-centered can you be? And, uh, and, and the reason behind that, it seemed like, uh, you know, every time that uh, uh, I was in a place of, well, let's just say happiness, so to speak, uh, my best friend who who battled cancer, he, he had died. Uh, then so there were several other occasions where someone close to me uh, was was uh, given a grim diagnosis or had passed away. And then I got this stupid idea in my head that, well, if I allow myself to be happy, then the devil's going to attack and, and he's going to attack somebody close to me. So the best thing for me to do is not allow myself to be happy. Well, that's pretty stupid thinking, but I kind of find out I'm really not alone in that to a certain extent because people think, well, if I allow myself if I, uh, to, to be happy, if I allow myself to be close to the Lord, then the devil's going to attack. So if I back off and, and not allow uh, myself to, to be that close to the devil, it's not going to bother me. That's crazy, people. The devil's going to attack. It doesn't matter whether you allow yourself to be happy or not. The devil is going to, that's what he wants. He wants. He is there to steal, kill, and destroy. He's there to rob you of your joy. And, 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 and so that's what he wants to do. And that's why we have to fight against that and say, no, I'm not giving in to the devil. I'm not going to allow him to rob me of my joy. My joy is full. My joy is complete because my strength and my hope is in the Lord. And see, you know, that's why, that's, that's why we get to look for that future hope, that future glory in Jesus Christ. We get to look forward to those things and that strength can be our own.
bad things are going to happen, whether no matter what your attitude is or not. You can walk around as the most miserable person in the world. It ain't like the devil's going to say, oh, well, they're sad and miserable. I'll leave them alone today. <laughs> no. In fact, if you're sad and miserable, he was going to kick you while you're down. That's, that's exactly what's going to happen. Uh, in fact, um, let's see. I was trying to think. Um, made me think when I said that. Uh, yeah, um, William Dodd, Dr. William Dodd, 1777. Uh, he was being, uh, uh, he was imprisoned, uh, supposedly, for uh, uh, falsifying uh, signatures and names and such. And uh, he gave his last uh, message uh, while in prison. And um, in fact, it was, uh, they said it was uh, very astounding. Uh, and uh, one individual even said, who wrote down, recorded what he had said, uh, said uh, they couldn't believe uh, that his last message was that great and that grand. And his friend Samuel Johnson said uh, said how uh, that indeed it was amazing. But uh, no, and I'm paraphrasing here. I'm not saying it word for word. But um, but the fact that uh, that knowing that he was going to die within a fortnight, uh, how his mind was open and revealed. When you know that you're going to die, it's amazing how things indeed can be revealed to you. And you don't want to waste time. Uh, worrying about things that have no significance. It doesn't matter. We are only on this earth for such a short amount of time. And it's imperative uh, that we use this life to glorify God. That is why we're here. A lot of people uh, spend their lives in search of their selves. Who am I? <laughs> you know, and uh, you know what? It is... Uh, uh, who we are, we are the, the image bearers, you know, of, of God. Uh, we were created in his image. And while we are, well, the reason our purpose for being is to, to serve an almighty God. And if you don't know what your purpose is, look no further, because that is your purpose is to serve God. So, you know, ask yourself, where is your joy? You know, and one thing that we need to do is, is work on that relationship with God. We need to make sure that we, in working on that relationship with God, uh, to make our joy complete is spending that time in God's Word. And see, that's one thing we can look at here in 1 Peter, and in particular in verse 10, it says, Concerning this salvation, the prophets who prophesied about the grace that was to be yours searched and inquired carefully. Now, you know, if, if you notice, uh, the word you is used three times in this passage. It's very interesting. And we look at grace, and I think within just the book of Peter itself, it's used, um, I think, like 10 times or 11 times uh, within the book of Peter. And um, there's a lot to be said about grace. Uh, you know, a lot of people che have cheapened grace. Uh, they use grace as a way to uh, uh, justify their sins, uh, to, uh, to lighten uh, their uh, responsibility or their their view on sin, I guess I should say. And um, uh, because they think, well, uh, God's very sufficient, you know. And that's it, true. That That is true. But we shouldn't make light of our sins. And a lot of people will use grace so cheaply. Not only do they make light of their sins, but uh, they make excuses for the sins of others or uh, not to be judgmental, if you will. And so, therefore, they allow and excuse other things. Now, again, I, like I've always said before, uh, we should always speak the truth in love, and uh, we're not there to, to beat people over the head with a Bible, but we need to understand the full extent of God's grace and not to use it cheaply. Uh, in fact, uh, when I was uh, at, uh, at Grace College at my commencement, uh, uh, 
Dr. Uh, Tabir Sharada, he had uh, he had a good uh, uh, little presentation on grace and uh, and it was uh, uh, well spoken in regards to that. But um, you know, as a Christian, you know, I told you before, you know, I grew up in a Christian home. Praise the Lord for that. Christian parents uh, felt, you know, I've more, you know, I was saved at a young age. I feel like I uh, tried to serve the Lord or tried to be Christian uh, as much as I could, uh, even through high school. I mean, I could have been better, but it was after high schools when I really went bonkers and got out in the world with deep, deep regret. But uh, but I still never really, you know, understood the extent of grace. See, when you look at grace, uh, it's God not giving us what we fully deserve. See, we, he would be justified in sending every one of us to hell. And when you understand that grace and that mercy that God is extending upon us, it makes you uh, cling to that cross that much more. And here's the thing, you know, I think when we're younger, you know, you think, well, you know, when I was 18, to think of being 40 years old was like, holy cow, you know, that's, that's like getting old, you know, that's way up there. In fact, I even thought getting up to 25 was uh, really starting to age some, you know, <laughs> and uh, here I am, just turned 48 yesterday, and uh, how much time goes by that fast and that quick. And, um, you know, when you're younger, you think you've got forever. You know, you almost feel uh, invulnerable, immortal, you know. But it seems like the older you get, the more some things you seem to realize and understand, uh, particularly with God's grace. You understand how short time is and how short your life truly is. And you start to look a little more at your eternal destination because you understand your mortality uh, on this earth. For those who are saved, really, we are immortal because we will live on forever uh, with Jesus Christ in heaven. But um, uh, but you start to look, and I think that's one reason why I think that um, uh, our convictions uh, of sin are that uh, much stronger uh, and, and we're that much rougher on ourselves because we want to please the Heavenly Father that much more because we know that our lifespan is but a vapor. It, it is, it is, we're just such, here for just a short amount of time. And we know sooner than later, we're going to be standing before God the Father. And we want to hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant. So we shouldn't cheapen grace and be flippant with our attitudes in regards to sin. Remember, we, we are to abhor, we are to hate sin. We are to hate it, all right? And the fact that people make excuses for it is, is uh, should be uh, nauseating. The fact that pastors make excuses uh, for sins and for those with alternative lifestyles. And uh, uh, it is, um, uh, uh, we should be fighting against those things, not supporting it. And it, it's so sad. There are so many people out there who are confused. Kids wanting attention that uh, are going that direction. And it seems like every time I speak, I seem to gravitate towards that a little bit. And, I, and it's not that I intentionally mean to do that. It's just, you know, it's one of those things that are costly in your face. Every time I look around Google News, there's something about there. Every time you watch something TV, it's in there. I mean, it's, it's it's in everything. And so I guess I get a little frustrated, a little aggravated. And in the attitudes of Christians, uh, with some Christians, regards to that. But uh, so uh, I uh, 
apologize. I don't mean to, to constantly harp on the same thing all the time. But the fact remains, we need to not cheapen our uh, our view on grace. We need to be appreciative uh, of God's grace and mercy, that he is not giving us what we deserve, and, uh, and that we uh, should cling to that and appreciate it so very much. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for that grace. Thank you, God, for that mercy. Thank you for your forgiveness of sins. Praise his name for that. Because we're all sinners, all right? We're all sinners. We're all sinners saved by grace, all right? We are, uh, no, there's nobody perfect. All right? I don't care who they are. Uh, you know, there's there's some Christians and some people out there, you would think that they're, um, uh, <laughs> trying to think of a uh, uh, nice way to put it. They don't stink. We'll just put it that way. All right. <laughs> so, you know what I'm getting at. But, you know, there's some people out there put on that kind of an attitude. But, uh, you know, we're, there's nobody perfect. Uh, there's, you know, and uh, the fact the older I get, the more I realize how imperfect I am and how much I am in need of a Savior. And uh, if my wife is watching right now, I need her to come in here and get this dog. Well, it, uh, it's too late. But uh, I've got a dog in here and. Uh, He's uh, having some problems, but uh, but if she's watching, I need her to come in here immediately. But anyway, that's one great thing about working from home. You get to deal with a lot of uh, fun things. <laughs> so, but, uh, but anyway, uh, so let's not cheapen that grace. Let's make sure that we are not uh, 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 making light of what God is doing for us. Now, uh, is that you, my wife? I need you uh, to help me, please. Our little dog here is having some difficulties, so thank you very, very much. My beautiful, wonderful wife, she made my birthday so uh, wonderful yesterday. I tell you what, she really went above and beyond to uh, make my uh, birthday uh, a very sweet and wonderful day, so I praise God for it. Uh, all right, so concerning this salvation, remember our salvation the prophets who prophesied about the grace that was to be yours searched and inquired carefully. They searched out and inquired carefully, all right, inquiring what person or time the Spirit of Christ in them was indicating when he predicted the sufferings of Christ and subsequent, subsequent glories. Now, these prophets, all right, they, um, uh, they were uh, had with intense interest, all right, uh, they were they were desiring what is coming. Remember, they were looking forward to the things of the cross. They were looking forward to the things of God as we were looking backwards uh, to the things of what Christ has done and had fulfilled. Uh, in fact, I uh, ran in one part, uh, said that they, um, uh, the, the Old Testament saints understood um, the, uh, the things of Calvary and what Christ was going to do. Uh, and then... Uh, they also understood, uh, and, and, and on, uh, uh, was it the um, uh, Mount Olivet, uh, the, uh, the establishment of Christ's kingdom, uh, but they cannot uh, uh, understand the valley in between. Uh, in fact, one, I think it was um, uh, Barclay's commentary, said it was, you could compare it to a blind man uh, lighting uh, the, uh, the lamppost going from lamppost to lamppost, lighting it, but unable to see that light. So they, they had 
understanding the, the prophecies of what was to come and to be fulfilled, even though they might not have fully understood it. They were saved, uh, mind you, but they might not have fully understood these prophecies. In fact, uh, Daniel uh, had difficulties uh, in understanding uh, the things of Jeremiah. And uh, that's when he uh, uh, spent that time uh, in fasting and in prayer, and that's when it was revealed to him the 70 weeks. In fact, if you want to look over there, uh, when we get over here to Daniel. Um, hold on here. There's a couple places in Daniel. Actually, we need to look. But uh, hold on here. I'm going too far. Hold on here. Daniel um, chapter 9, verse 24, talks about uh, the 70 weeks uh, that uh, was revealed to him. Seven weeks were decreed about your people and your holy city to finish the transgression, to be put an end to sin, and to atone for iniquity, and to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal both vision and prophet, to anoint a most holy place. And uh, so you can go on and read that there when you get a chance. Uh, again, I'm talking about verse 25. Know therefore and understand that from the going out to the word to restore and build Jerusalem to the coming of an anointed one, a prince, there shall be seven weeks. Then for 62 weeks, it shall be built again with squares and moat, but in a troubled time. And um, so, um, uh, so that's, you know, that's revealed to him. But one thing we need to look at too is that these prophets, what they were doing, uh, in writing God's word, they were inspired, all right? Uh, God's word is inspired. And for those who don't know what that means, it was God breathed. God breathed into them. Uh, to, they still use their personalities uh, and the ability uh, to, uh, 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 how can I put it, uh, to inject their writing styles. I'll put it that way. Uh, but it was inspired that God directed them uh, in what to write. Uh, some would even look at it as verbal plenary uh, in the fact that even the words itself uh, was inspired. Uh, and you look at all the, the writers of God's word over uh, hundreds of years, uh, thousands of years uh, of God's writing. I mean, God's right of the men that God used to write that and how it all come together and how there were no contradictions and how it flows fluently. That to me proves there had to be some kind of higher power. There had to be something beyond themselves for it to all to flow together. If, if you, uh, you know, I liked one example, uh, and you may have heard me say this before, uh, when it comes to uh, eyewitness accounts, you know. If, if I, let's see here, we got Robert DeBray watching, we've got uh, uh, Jay Melinda Arnold, David Feathers, uh, several people watching here, and say three or four of you witnessed a car wreck, well, you're going to have, they're all going to have a different point of view. You're all going to have a different way of looking and perspective. You're going to be, you're going to have, there's, it's going to be true what you said, because see what I referred to is you look at Matthew and Mark and Luke and John and, and you know, they people's like, well, why is it a little different? And they're telling the truth, but from their perspective, from a different point of view. And that's where, where you get that. But when you look at the Old Testament, they are prophesying things that are to come. And, and, and you look at Jesus Christ, how he referred back to the Old Testament. See, some people don't want to read the Old Testament for whatever reason. Some people think that the Old Testament is not relevant. Some people think the Old Testament is too hard to understand. But you can't remove the Old Testament because that's what the very, you know, uh, the, the Bible was not complete in Jesus' day. What do you think that he was referring to? All right. Uh, but it's what he said. I'm not, I didn't come here to abolish the law, but to fulfill the law. 
And so that's what we, we see here that, uh, you know, that's another prime example uh, of, of demonstrating the inspiration of the whole, of, of God's word. See, that's what we're talking about here. It's the Holy Spirit that guided them. That's what we're seeing here in First Peter. The Holy Spirit is what guided them. And, uh, and to see these prophecies being fulfilled uh, time and again throughout God's word. Uh, even Jesus Christ's presence was a fulfillment in Isaiah. Even when he was writing this in Isaiah, he might not have fully understood uh, what he what was the what was the future, the foreshadowing, what that was being written there. But Jesus Christ Himself was fulfilling that. And to me, the Bible has proved itself over and over again. Now, some people may consider it circular reasoning because we say uh, the Bible is inspired because it says it's inspired. All right, but the Bible has proved itself to be authoritative. It has proved itself to be have be that inspired, inerrant, efficient, sufficient Word of God, and and you know in hell it, it I guess is why it invokes in me such anger when people refer to God's Word as just a book of fairy tales. That to me is said for no other reason to invoke a response from Christians because they know it's going to press a button to make us angry and that's why they put it in there uh, and, and different uh, comments on social media. This is because to me, it is just pure and utter and total ignorance when you see the fulfillment of Scripture time and time again. It's proved itself time and time again and those who don't understand it. You know, I, I have argued with people or debated with individuals time and again when it comes to God's Word Sorry, my mouth's real dry today for some reason. Uh, that um, it's like they all read from the same manual. I've even asked some people, do do non-believers have a book they they pass around and read because <laughs> they all have the same same exact uh, uh, response, you know, in regards to wanting to tear God's word down. And, I, and I'll throw some at you here. Here's some of the here's some of the things you're always going to hear if you're debating somebody who who says that God's word isn't true or real or or uninspired or whatever it may be. The first thing we're going to bring up, well, uh, you can't wear polyester and you can't eat shrimp. Well, <laughs> there's the first thing that polyester, what they're talking about is the mixing of fabrics. And what that's referring to is being cross-dressing, not to do it. Uh, there is dietary restrictions because for several reasons. One, uh, they were, wasn't uh, uh, preparing correctly. Two, they was observing pagan practices. That's why that happened. Okay, so if they won't, they won't. No matter what you give them, they're going to have another response, and they're not going to believe anything you say. The next thing they're going to bring up is uh, what uh, the Bible wrote slavery. Well, again, you can explain to them. It's not a type of racial slavery we see, we see today. It was a type of social slavery that they, that doctors and attorneys and lawyers, they, 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 they sold themselves into that because they knew they'd be well taken care of. In fact, God's word speaks against the type of racial slavery that we have seen today and the fact that it talks against man stealing. So you can explain that away. The next thing they're going to say is, well, uh, well your, your, your Bible, it promotes uh, uh, that a woman has to marry her rapist. <laughs> so, uh, yes, there is a, a, a part where it refers to uh, to that, and the reason being, and first of all, and not in any situation did you ever see that say that a woman actually did it. It just said in their culture, there was a reason why God's word didn't say that you had to do it uh, as, 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 as applicable today. But in that culture setting, the reason why is because of the disgrace to the woman and that nobody would have her. And it, 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 there's, a, there's a whole list of reasons as to why. But see, you can explain all these things to these ignorant people out there. But they're going to, to just try to uh, uh, 
make you look the fool, explain away. So I've had, I've got experience, people. I've done it. I've been there. All right. Uh, and so it, it is very uh, frustrating and annoying when you got to deal with these uh, meatheads out there that uh, they're all they're doing is being trolls and trying to. Uh, uh, tear down our uh, convictions as Christians. If you don't have to say belief, belief can be relative. You can believe a lot of things, but it is our conviction as Christians that we know the Bible to be true. Okay? So, again, concerning this salvation, our salvation is great because it is the message of God's grace, grace, which is a synonym for salvation. It is, it is God's grace, his mercy that saves us. We understand that substitutionary atonement on the cross, his death, burial, resurrection. We understand that. We accept Jesus Christ. We understand why he died on the cross for me, for you. When you understand that and accept him as your personal Lord and Savior, then we understand his grace, his mercy, his redemptive work, his, his uh, uh, sanctification, his glorification. We understand those things. Our salvation is great because it was predicted by the Old Testament prophets. Let's look at Luke chapter 4, verses 18 through 21. Luke chapter 4, verses 18 through 21. Let's get over here. Luke chapter 4, verses 18 through 21. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and to in recovering of the sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and sat down, and the eyes of all the synagogue were fixed upon him. All right, well, the good news. We have the good news of the gospel. Praise God for that. But that is in direct relation to Isaiah 62.2. So let's look at that. So we understand the perspective of where that come from. So let's look at Isaiah 62.2. Get over here. Oh, there we go. I thought I had it marked. Uh, the nations shall see your righteousness and all the kings your glory, and you shall be called by a new name that the mouth of the Lord will give. All right. So we're seeing these things here. And uh, in regards to uh, Daniel, I was, I was talking about earlier uh, in, in his understanding of Jeremiah, if you want to write this down, go back and look at that later. You can look at Daniel 9, uh, 2 through 3. We, of course, we read 9, 24, 25, but you actually you can read 9, 24 through 27. Um, in fact, David didn't have a clear understanding. I was talking about how they might not have even understood completely what they were writing, what they were doing. And uh, that was revealed to him in Daniel 12, 9. So if you want to look at that, well, let me look at that, read that real quick over here. I meant to do that earlier. So let me, I'm kind of backing up just a little bit. Let me, uh, what we was talking about previously, Daniel 12, 9. Let's see here. Uh, hold on here. 12, 9. He said, go your way, Daniel, for the words are shut up and sealed until the time to the end. All right. So, um, and uh, so we see that there. Uh, we'll read verse 10. Many shall purify themselves and make themselves white and be refined, but the wicked shall act wickedly, and none of the wicked shall understand, but those who are wise shall understand. So, so he might have said at the time, but these things were revealed to us. Okay. Now, our salvation is great because they're real, revealed by God to man. Praise God that these things were revealed to us by God. You know, they might not have always fully understood what was going on. But these things were was was revealed so that you know we can look back and understand all these things 
uh, that happened and transpired that they may not fully understood, but we look back and, man, we can see uh, what all what God has accomplished and done, how he used men and women, and how he sent his only son to save us and to spy and, and to, from a very real and eternal hell. And these things, it is a mystery to the angels. We can look on here that uh, in, in, in uh, 1 Peter 1, uh, at the bottom of verse 12 here, it says, um, uh, the Holy Spirit sent from him the things into which angels uh, long to look, all right, or stoop down. We said long to look, stoop down, uh, as uh, Peter may have done, uh, uh, to look into the tomb, to stare intently at. That's what that's referring to. We see that in regards uh, to angels. And, um, and, you know, the very sufferings uh, that understand the glories of Christ. Uh, you know, we may not always understand the full extent of suffering. You know, we have trials. We have things that we deal with, but we'll never understand the full extent of the sufferings of so many Christians and the martyrs and the people out there, what they've had to endure, what they've had to people who have uh, been tortured beyond recognition, living in, in pagan areas and, and how their, uh, their spouses uh, may have uh, endured horrible things. We never may understand this side of heaven, those kind of sufferings. That's why we can read God's word to encourage us, to inspire us. Let's look again at uh, Luke um, uh, 24, 25 through 27. Let me go over here. Luke 24. Uh, oh, yeah. uh, 25 and 27 here. Uh, and he said, Name, O foolish ones, a slow of heart to believe that all the prophets have spoken. Was and beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interp interpreted to them all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. All right. Let's look at uh, 1 Timothy 1.15, if we were back. 1 Timothy 1.15. Uh, let's see here. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that Christ came into the world to save sinners of whom I am foremost. So we see here that, you know, we understand why Christ came to save, you know, he didn't come to save the fallen angels. He came to save us. He came to save man. He came to save, you know, even though here Paul's talking about being the chief of sinners. I don't know about you, but I feel like the chief of sinners 99.9% of the time. I would take 100% of the time, right? You know, that's the way I feel most of the time. That I don't understand why God gives me that, you know, why he's don't just smot me off of this earth most of the time, you know, and, uh, uh, every time I mess up, but we don't, we may not understand uh, these present sufferings. So we see here, you know, you kind of box these off into, into uh, certain groups. Uh, you know, you can look at verses ten uh, through eleven, or ten through twelve. Um, you can kind of box that off into one group, talking about the prophets, all right. And then you kind of box off from um, about the mid part of. Uh, 12 uh, says, and these things have now been announced to you, those who preach the good news, okay? Uh, you kind of box it off to that point, uh, talking about evangelists, because there's not enough pastors out there preaching, and you've already said before, are not preaching the whole word of God. Uh, you know, there's a lot of people out there who don't believe the whole word of God is inspired. Uh, they have problems with the supernatural things of Jesus Christ. You know, you, uh, in fact, you would have uh, Thomas Jefferson and, and uh, people like him who would take a, a, a pen knife and take out uh, the supernatural uh, things of Christ. He didn't believe it. The deist uh, is, is what they're called. But we, we don't have, we need pastors 
to make sure that we're preaching. We're showing people the way to the cross. We're preaching with conviction, uh, that we're preaching uh, Christ glorified. We're, we're preaching that uh, we are sinners in need of a Savior. Preaching these things, that we are, are um, uh, calling out things that need attention brought to. Uh, you know, there are, there are some things that, uh, that are not comfortable as a pastor to talk about. Uh, but uh, if it's if it's going to be bring a warning to those sitting out there or those listening, uh, it is our responsibility to point out things that people need to be warned about. There are controversial topics and, and issues that a lot of pastors don't want to hit on. It's not comfortable, but if it's something that we need to do to point out to keep people going down the wrong path, then we as pastors have that responsibility to preach the whole word of God. You know, we 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 can. Um, preach love, we can preach joy, we can preach peace, we can preach those things that make people feel good. That's wonderful. But as pastors, sometimes we have to preach those hard things, those hard issues that need to get and shake and rattle people and get their attention, the things of, of heaven and the things of hell. And, um, and that's the problem with too many, you know, there's, there's too many churches, and I am not uh, uh, knocking Praise and worship service. By no stretch of imagination, it's, 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 it can evoke emotion, uh, and it can be a very wonderful thing. I've been in, in places where uh, praise was done, and you just really feel the, the spirit and the power of the Lord. It, it's, it's great. It's a wonderful uh, feeling. But sometimes too many churches focus too much on that, and that's all the, the service consists of. And um, there is more to our walk as Christians than just uh, having an emotion uh, brought about through praise. And like I said, it's, it's, there's a place for that, and we need to have that. But at the same time, we need to make sure that we are preaching the whole word of God. I don't care what culture says. I don't care what society says. We must preach the gospel. And I don't care if, this, if, if the two monkeys get uh, put into office in January. Right now, it looks that way. But if they get put into office... I don't give a rat's backside whether they like what I have to say or not, because they're going to, you know, if things, if the if the, the progressive, radical progressives get their way, they want to shut down churches, they want to shut down pastors, and uh, they're not going to shut me up, all right? They can take me off of Facebook, they can take me off of Twitter, they can take me off of YouTube, whatever. If I got to stand outside on the steps of uh the courthouse. I want to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ to everybody and anybody that will listen. And that's what, I, you know, and it may come to that, but it's time for more pastors to grow a spine and to preach what is right and what is true. So we talk about the prophets. We're talking about evangelists. And then we see here what I was just talking about a second ago about the angels, because talk about those who preach the good news. And that's what we're talking about here. The good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, things to which the angels long to look. That's what we're talking about, uh, long to look, that uh, to, to stoop, to look into. And, um, and, you know, I was talking about the very beginning of this, talking about uh, what gives you joy. Uh, somebody's calling my house. What <laughs> brings you joy? Um, that's the only bad thing about doing this from home is uh, there's always constant interruptions. But in the Heidelberg Catechism, 1563, uh, kind of opens and asks that almost same kind of um, uh, question. Uh, it's what brings you comfort? And uh, and that's one thing we need to make sure that we are aware of. What is bringing you your comfort? What is bringing your joy? Hopefully, it is your relationship with Jesus Christ. 
You know, uh, there was a um, bishop uh, by the name of John Taylor Swift. And I, I hate to say the one way I remember his name is I think of uh, Jonathan Taylor, that he was the one that played on uh, uh, with Tim Allen on Tool Time. <laughs> I have a weird way I remember those. But anyway, John Taylor Swift uh, was preaching. And uh, and when he was preaching, uh, he was he said that um, he looked over at the uh, uh, archbishop. He said, "You can be the archbishop, archbishop, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you're saved. You need Jesus Christ. You need to to understand grace. You need to understand salvation." Uh, he looked over at the archdeacon. He said, "You can be the archdeacon and still not be saved. You need salvation. You need Jesus Christ." And he went on from there. And uh, continued his his message and and what he, and preaching salvation, preaching the grace of God, preaching, pointing the way to the cross. And uh, it was um, a little bit after that he received a letter from the archdeacon, and he said, you know, uh, when you pointed me out and he said I could be the archdeacon and not be saved, he said I'll, I never fully understand the joy of the Lord. I never understood to fully understood the joy of Christians. And he said he realized that he never fully gave his life over to Jesus Christ. And as a result of that that message, he committed his life to Jesus Christ uh, that day. You know, and, and when I read that, it made me think about my father when he gave his first revival, is uh, that um, a deacon's wife come forward at, at the invitation. And dad thought she was, she was coming forward to ask him a question. And she came forward and, and asked what she needed to do to be saved. So it doesn't matter if, you know, there could be somebody... Uh, that have attended church all their lives and still not be saved. My friends, understand God's grace. Understand God's mercy. Understand his love for you. And you cannot live a perfect life. You cannot live a, 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 a life that you think is going to, that you think you're good enough. You're never going to be good enough to get to heaven. The only way to heaven is through Jesus Christ alone. Only through Christ can you enter in through the gates of heaven. If you've not committed yourself to Jesus, I urge you to do that today. See, we read here about the prophets. We understand that God's word is inspired. This is truth. This is reality, okay? And it is not relative just because you don't want to believe in the truths of the things of the God's word. It is static. It is it is unchanging. We And it's a, that's why we can bank on these truths and we can build on this relationship. That's why it's a responsibility to me to evangelize, to preach and tell others about the love of Jesus Christ. That's right, friend, pair Jesus Christ plus nothing. As it's imperative that I preach that. So my friends, I urge you today, work on that relationship. Let your joy in Christ be full. And when somebody asks you what brings you joy, hopefully as a Christian, you will say, my relationship with Jesus Christ. And, uh, and for those who aren't saved, that you will understand that God sent his only son to save you, to save you. See, he is justified in sending us all to hell, but it is grace that prevents that. It is not your good works. It is nothing that you can do on your own. It is a gift of God. And all you can do that is accepting that gift and accepting Jesus Christ, your personal Lord and Savior, in your heart. And if you haven't done that, I urge you to do that today. Let us pray. Therefore, Lord, we thank you, love you, and praise you. Lord, thank you for this opportunity to spread the gospel message. Uh, Lord, thank you for your grace and your mercy. Help us, Lord, to work on our relationship daily. Help us to grow spiritually. Help us to be used by you in a mighty way. Serve you daily. 
And Lord, uh, help us uh, to uh, glorify you, thought, word, and deed. Lord, if there's anyone watching this evening that doesn't know you, let them pray this prayer. Dear God, forgive me of all my sins. Jesus, I know you died on the cross for me. I know you rose from the grave for me. Come into my heart and save me. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Lord, just uh, help us, Lord Jesus, to let our joy be full and let us make you proud and serve you well. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Appreciate all you guys and gals for watching this morning. Lord willing, we'll meet again tomorrow morning at 6.15 for our morning devotions. Uh, we got, uh, I know we're past time. Uh, I know there were several comments on here uh, that people had said, uh, and I don't have enough time to go back and read them. I usually try to respond, but uh, I won't have enough time to do so this evening.